position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 85 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on uh, Saturday, the 11th of June, 2016, 20, at 5.17am. That would make it 2016-06-11, uh, uh, 517, all of which, of course, is shipped to you straight from the Pacific Coast of the Ameri- continental United States of America. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um... So let's get straight to our top stories, shall we? So, um, our top stories this week are kind of crammed with a bunch of stuff. But I do want to just tell you that we did not get to do our interview with the creator of Duskers as I had hoped. However, uh, we will have our full review of Duskers, uh, as I promised. So hopes versus promises kind of. Yeah, balancing act, you know, right there. Hopes versus promises. That's kind of a fitting metaphor for Duskers. But to our top stories. First of all, um, I ended up keeping my HTC Vive uh, for numerous reasons, which I won't go into here. And I hooked it up to my only Windows machine in, in my house. And uh, 
I started playing some Windows games for it. And it was through this process of actually using the Vive for Windows that I basically almost instantly understood why they dropped support for Linux uh, from their launch. Because it doesn't... It's not the easiest thing... Okay. In terms of Linux setups and stuff like that, and in terms of, like, Linux, you know, caliber of difficulty getting it to work with Game X or Game Y, it's a fucking, you know, it's like falling off a log in terms of on Windows. However, um, it is... Whoa, is it not ready for prime time? That having been said, I have played a number of games, one of which I reviewed uh, this week on Blasting News. I'll try to remember to put a link to that review. It, uh, it's called um, The Solace Project, but it's it's not for Linux. However, the reason why I'm mentioning this, well, I'm mentioning it for two reasons. One, just so you know, you know that I am keeping abreast of the Vive. Two, I kept the Vive. And three, I'm occasionally playing a game on Windows with the Vive. Um, but all this matters to you, dear Linux-focused listener, who shares my same exact focus. I do not care about games on Windows. I care about games on Linux. All of this matters to you in that, by virtue of the fact that there, there are two really awesome games that I've played on the Vive for Windows. That is important for Linux in that I think that once they get like, cause it's fucking, it's, it's the wild west. I mean, they can barely get it to run under Windows. Um, which is, <laughs> uh, you know, um, but by virtue of the fact that there are two and new, there are two really good games. One of which is kind of a demo. The other, the other one is the Solace Project, which, you know, gives you a taste of what a real adventure game might be like in room scale VR. These games and other games that are coming out, um, even though right now, by virtue of the fact that Steam VR isn't for Linux and blah, that makes HTC Vive not for Linux. Many of these games have Linux cap- uh, compatibility built into them. So, the fact that there's good software coming out, or, you know, not nasty trash software coming out for the Vive on Linux is a good sign. That brings us to our second story. And by good sign, I mean that, like, when, you know, they get all this shit ironed out, that uh, they will either, you know, uh, you know, of course, they want Linux because everyone wants Linux. I mean, only fucking fascists and psychopaths who are nihilistic and have no hope for the future and no respect for any life, their own or even their children. Those are the only people who don't want Linux. I mean, you know, more Linux is always good. So that brings us to our second uh, thing. So I've watched with bated breath, as I'm sure everyone has, over the last week to 10 days, as the Steam client, if you're part of the beta, if you've opted into the beta, then you've seen just innumerable updates as they try to reach some nebulous goal of, like, new version of either, like, the new version of their beta client or whatever. 
um, that's supposed to be like their working branch, their new working branch. I've literally updated my Steam client like probably seven times over the last seven days. Um, and that dovetails in with the, uh, the, the vibe news, um, in that so far I have seen no appreciable <laughs> improvements or difference, um, between any of these updates and anything and blah. So, I'm still in the dark just like you. Which, Ivor, cheers, uh, by the way, which brings us to whiskey and, uh, oh, Ivor, Melina, crack engineer, Ivor, Melina from the booth, says hi. Uh, I'm gonna chug this whiskey while... I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Ah, yes, hot damn. I love that. Uh, good job, Ivor. So, mmm, good whiskey. Good whiskey. Good drink for you, my friend. Uh, so, this week, in our new and noteworthy, um, first of all, we're gonna start with, like, uh, we're gonna go in just order of blah, like, blah. So, first of all, um, Hearts of Iron 4, which is a World War II, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, massive scale strategy game. Um, like it's, it's like global strategy. It's not like, you know, unit based. <coughs> Excuse me. As I choke to death, uh, <laughs> on my chaser, which would be a sick irony if I choke to death on chaser. Let's see if we can punch up some more. Uh, I already got, uh, Hearts of Iron 4 audio. Anything? Bueller? Bueller? Farish? Bueller? Anything? Anyone? No? Yes? Ah, there we go. So, Hearts of Iron 4. World War 2. Again! For the 800th time in video gaming. Anyway. So, here's what they have to say about Hearts of Iron 4. Victory is at your fingertips. Your ability to lead your nation is your supreme weapon. The, stri- the strategy game, Hearts of Iron 4, lets you take command of any nation in World War II, the most engaging conflict in world history. Uh, that That's bad copy because it just leaves them open to, while it builds itself as the most engaging conflict in world history, it is the least engaging game of all time. <laughs> but anyway, no, uh, this is, um, I. Uh, it's important, the name of the developer, and I always forget. This is developed... Um, published by Paradox Interactive, makers of just endlessly, you know, detailed, to me, tedious and frustrating and confusing, um, strategy games. This is their first take on World War Two. I almost said World War Four. <laughs> so that's Hearts of Iron Four, um, which comes in many flavors, all of which are expensive. Hearts of Iron for the Cadet Edition will set you back $39.99. So if you are into the Paradox Interactive uh, Game Studio, I can't remember what, what uh, yeah, they're the other guy's mind, Europa Universalis series, or at least four, um, and Empire Total War. Empire, the Total War series was pretty fun, actually, but the uh, this is more like this is like World War II Universalis. Hearts of Iron 4 is available. It's like 40 bucks to start with. $39.99. Check out the video that pumps your nads. Did that really pump your nads, Ivor? 
Oh, Ivor's banging his nuts. Oh, he's banging like it's like a trouble. They're huge. Put those away. Oh my god, he's like he's like an ape. Okay, so that's hard to iron for. Uh, then we have a game that is not easy to find. Um, on the Steam Store page, it depends on how the you know the vagaries and you know whatever how fucked up your Steam client is or it, you know its rendering of your Steam page is. This game doesn't show up, um, at least currently for me at all, but I, I bought it. It's called Celestial Command, and it is in very, very early access. Let's see if we can uh, punch up that audio. Come on, I work out with the program. Celestial Command. Forget the fucking Minecraft-sounding <laughs> music. Celestial Command builds itself as a realistic sandbox space game which unites real space flight real orbital mechanics and all of the fun of classic space action games we want to show you how games about space should actually look without the silly vacuum friction and maximum speed limit so the video for this shows you building um in a modular fashion with a point and click thing interface a real in orbit spacecraft and even though this is in like super early, like they, okay, underneath where it says early access game on their page, it says, attention please, in bold, underline, italics, and, and, and literally, attention please, do not buy the game if you're expecting the fully playable game right now, but you should buy it if you want to support us and participate with development. This looks fucking awesome. That's all I have to say. So that's Celestial Command, which came out, um, well, they say, they say the release date was November 20th, 2014, but it just popped up somewhere on my radar this morning. Um, and June 1st, uh, was their update for 0.74 pre-alpha real-time strategy control or RTS control. I don't know if that's real-time strategy or some other obscure thing, but it does work on Linux. I fired it up. It boots up. Um, and Celestial Command is $7.99. So, for shoot fans of shooters, this is an expensive and kind of weird shooter, but I hardly recommend it. Well, I don't hardly recommend it, but, because I've only played for like an hour, and it's like the game that I've been falling back on when I am way, way too drunk. Um, it's called Legacy of the Elder Star, and it's a little bit expensive. Uh, it came out June 7th. Um, it builds itself as a shoot-em-up for the rest of us. You are the cosmonaut, an eternal cosmic hero who must shatter the robotic infinite legion and rekindle a dying star. Who cares about that? I'll tell you what, what you want to care about in terms of this game. One, even though it's like an auto-fire shoot-em-up, and it's got very simple controls, which are mouse-based. You don't need a controller for this. There are two buttons and, you know, combinations of those two buttons. Right and left mouse button, shockingly enough. It is actually a fucking badass shooter. Um, I'm not prepared to recommend it, but look, keep your eyes on this space for a full review. Because I did pay that rather hefty 
$13.49 for Legacy of the Elder Star. E-L-D-E-R-S-T-A-R. So that is our shoot-em-up. Then finally, in our new and noteworthy, we have SteamWorld Heist. And then we will, of course, get to... Yeah, as cra- oh shit, fuck! Crack engineer Ivor just spin kicked my cigarette out of my mouth. Oh, he's gone crazy. He's gone into Elvis mode. Somebody stop him! Uh, no. Uh, okay, so finally, I wanted to hate this game. I this is not a review. This is just in our new and noteworthy. But oh yes, indeed. Steam World Heist. S-T-E-A-M-W-O-R-L-D-H-E-I-S-T. Command a steam-driven pirate crew in a series of epic tactical shootouts inspired by classic like XCOM and Worms. SteamWorld Heist is turn-based strategy with a twist. You manually aim the guns of your robots lying for insane skill shots and bullet-bouncing action. Who cares about that? That actually kind of undersells the best parts of this game. So it's like a side-scrolling um version of XCOM. Like a side-scrolling platformer version of XCOM with all of this, all these cool, cute characters. Basically, er- all the humans are dead and the entire universe is ruled by steam-powered robots. And now the genius of the, the brilliance of this conceit is that, well, what would, what would robots need if they weren't steam-powered? Steam-powered robots still need water to power their engines. So I've only played SteamWorld Heist for exactly 0.2 hours, which happened like immediately before going on the air. I know Ivor will go about 10 minutes longer to accommodate the Duskers 2 review. Duskers review. Ivor's giving me the time. Anyway, you've gone 0.2 hours in this game, and I really wanted to hate it. I really, really wanted to hate this game. Because I hate steampunk. I hate games that try to sell themselves as um XCOM. Uh, you know, inspired by XCOM. And I really, furthermore, I hate the game and the entire franchise of worms, which has been like a fucking parasitic worm in the video gaming mind, the collective video gaming mind of our uniculture for the last 25 fucking years. Oh, okay, only 20. Sequel after sequel after sequel, each one stupider and stupider, stupider, stupider. Anyway, so to say that, like, to, to try to favorably compare your brand new game to Worms makes me want to punch you in the face and then inform you that I'm ignoring your game. Um, so I really wanted to hate this game. I really love it. I know it's only 0.2 hours, but it's awesome. It's like a side-scrolling turn-based, um, movement point-based very simple, very easy to control, very tight controls. Works great with a controller, by the way. Um, beautifully drawn with very interesting characters and great cutscenes. SteamWorld Heist. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll look, keep your eyes, you know, peeled on this space for a full review later on. I don't know if, uh, if it's worth the, uh, why the fuck is this stuck here? No. I don't know. Okay, my... Okay, well, Steamroll Ice is like 15 bucks. 
It's something like that. It Right now, my Steam client is just totally frozen, and it won't show me the price. So, to review our new and noteworthies, we had Hearts of Iron 4, World War 2, again, this time, like you've played it the last 87 times. Reminds me of, never mind. Keep an eye out for Blue Wizards about to die on Amazon. You can read all about that. WW2, World War 2. Hearts of Iron 4, like you've never experienced it. Uh, Europa Universalis in World War 2. No, our second was Celestial Command. Suborbital, suborbital space stations and spacecraft design. Realistic in early alpha. Like you've never believed it. Go support those motherfuckers, by the way. Uh, Legacy of the Elder Star. Side scrolling shoot 'em up. Uh, mouse based controls. Expensive. Pretty. Shiny. Fun. Addictive. Legacy of the Elder Star. And then, uh, finally, SteamWorld Heist. Which, of course... Oh my god, Ivo, don't do it! In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Alright, that brings us to this week's review. Thank you, Ivor. Um, our review this week is of a little game that I've spent, oh, 32 plus hours playing over the last, I don't know, three weeks since its release. It is called Duskers, D-U-S-K-E-R-S. And I've ranted about this game a lot on this show, but I've not spent any time to really give you a critical review of it. Here's a summation of the entire, uh, plot and everything. The universe is devoid of people. In fact, all universes seem to be devoid of people. You are on a salvage ship, and you pilot it to various dare... What the fuck? Who cares? I just got a fucking update from Twitter that someone posted a photo, not even about me. Post a photo about me, and then give me an update. Anyway, so you pilot your ship, which contains a bunch of drones, to all these various derelict um, space stations, um, spaceships, and... uh outpost trying to piece together what the fuck happened and you control your drones from one of two views either like uh uh the the uh <laughs> radio frequency based infrared based you know whatever the fuck i don't know from like a a very limited top down first you know top down view or you control them from the command line or a combination of both from the command line you can go into schematic view which shows you what you know of the ship that you are looking at from there you can open and close doors activate um various systems on the ship using you know drones blah 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 go if you're not familiar with what duskers is go look up the premise because i'm just going to tell you about what makes this game so awesome. By the way, it is a roguelike. So, first of all, I mean, like, and I don't want to, I've been very, if I don't say so myself, I've been very good with all of my reviews. There's a secret quality to all my reviews and everything that I basically talk about on this show in that everything is really spoiler-free. As spoiler-free as you can get. Um, pretty much. Generally, unless there's, you know, this is also extraordinarily spoiler-free. However, 
Here are the great qualities of Dusgraves. It's methodically paced, machine-oriented, quiet, quiet, elaborate, delicate, horrific, stoic, violent terror. It is a scary game. In fact, 20 to maybe 35% of the game is mastering, is coming to grips with your own abject fucking terror. Because in Duskers, you can't open a door. I mean, you can, but you don't want to... Did you hear that? Can you hear this? That's Duskers. That's sweet, sweet Duskers whiskey. In Duskers, you don't want to open a door when you don't know what's on the other side. Because the thing that seems to have killed everyone in the entire universe and why none of these ships that you keep encountering are populated seems to be some sort of nanovirus. And uh shockingly enough, <laughs> it seems to still be active in some rooms on ships that, you know, you're exploring. And oh my god, what the fuck? You're dead. Open a door, you don't know what's on the other side. So the rule for Duskers is... And I swear to God, I am, I've gotten pretty damn good at this game. I will give you the number one rule of Duskers. It's like Fight Club. First rule about Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. Number one rule of Duskers is no matter how good you are, no matter how good you are and, and mentally prepared and, you know, you have contingency plan, contingency plan, contingency plan. Cause the big fun of Duskers. As you play through the game, you develop your own strategies, which are basically built out of your own ideas of how you're going to mitigate the damage of if the worst happens when you open this next door. That's basically blah. And for most cases, your contingency plans are great. They're totally adequate. Um, you know, you want to be able to mitigate damage. Oh, I only lost one drone. But okay, so here's the number one rule of Duskers. You will always, once you, once you've played the game for like at least, you know, like an hour and a half, you'll have the basic competency to start learning how to play Duskers. You'll have a lot of fun after the first hour and a half. By the way, that's the one thing about Duskers. It's not easy to get into, into. It's very simple to learn. Like the basic mechanics of the game. But it's very difficult. It's very difficult. I don't even know about mastering it. But I do know about getting very, very good to the point where you feel very competent. So once you get, once you have your first hour and a half done with the game, you will find yourself before you open a door or make a decision, even when you're not attached to a derelict ship, you will find yourself taking a moment and then maybe taking another moment and then maybe, you know, adjusting some stuff and then maybe coming back and then taking another moment before you open a door, and occasionally, I swear to God, this happens to me, and I pay attention to this, if you find yourself thinking at all, and I swear to God, this is what you want to watch out for, grep your neural network inside your fucking head before you decide to open that door and search for the phrase, what's the worst that can happen? If that search comes up true in your head, if you are thinking, Oh, sigh, what's the worst that can happen? 
you know, even if you're thinking it as a joke, fuck that door, do not open that door, pull out all your drones, go to the next derelict. So there's the wisdom of Dusker. I swear to God, you'll thank me. I thank myself for this. I mean, I've written it down because um, I'm working on a, a print review of this. Uh, anyway, so like I said, you build your own methods and best practices and you you continuously learn to play the game in a more careful and thoughtful and methodical manner. But, and this is the big but, no matter how careful you are in terms of like, you know, either inside of the ships with your drones or outside of the ships, which has this whole other, you know, on your ship, you, there's this whole thing of, there's uh, lots of stuff to manage, like, you know, your salvage, your scrap, what are you going to upgrade, what are you going to repair, your ship upgrades, where are you going to go next, which system are you going to jump to, fuel management, all this stuff, all of which is very seamless, and it kind of disappears until, bam, you've survived for 150 days, let's say, and you've explored 14 derelicts, and this is all in one sitting, one epic six-hour sitting, and you've been waiting for it because this is like your 12th time through through it on this, you know, type of thing. You've been waiting for it because you know how this is going to go. You know what's waiting for you. The mistake. The mistake. The mistake is always waiting for you. And it's only one. It's only one mistake. You know, and they're all, you know, they could be stupid mistakes. They could be typos. They could be errors of judgment. They could be errors of ego. They could be blind hubris. They could be arrogance. They could be tactical errors. They could be whatever, but you make the mistake. And this is the genius of Dusker. Whereas most games that are roguelike or even most games that present you with this kind of obtuse, quiet challenge um, destroy you uh, with like, by outsmarting you or making you feel like an idiot or making you feel like a fuck up duskers look you 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 your defeats they'll be frequent they will always be demoralizing generally they will be terrifying but they will almost never ever give you the luxury of being totally totally uh, being total, like, in their complete and total destruction of you and your campaign. So that will sadistically force you to continue on. Now, hellaciously crippled, stripped of your resources, stripped of all benefits and comforts and luxuries that you'd come to take for granted, actually, over the previous six hours. After the mistake, if you survive it, it will brutalize you. And this is the great... You will learn how to play Duskers when you get to your next game that is going to be... that is going to beat your record for Days Survived and Derelicts Explored. 
Doesn't matter what that record is. It could be two. It could be 20 days. It could be 20 and 187 days, which happens to be my personal record. Doesn't matter what it is. After you make the mistake, if you survive the mistake, the game always ends the same way. With you controlling one drone, out of fuel, unable to jump from whatever derelict spaceship or station you are attached to. No more jump fuel, no more local propulsion. You have one drone left. And that drone has failing upgrades. It can bear, can't even, it can't even power a fucking generator. You can't even open doors. So you board that ship with your one fucked up broken drone. And you see what happens. Now, all of this does little to describe the real qualities of the game. Because the real genius of Duskers is when things go out of control in the game, it happens in an eye blink in terms of gameplay. Everything moves suddenly super fast and also simultaneously collapses into this really like um almost erogenous adrenaline fueled um brain chemical slow motion oh my god think fast in every single keystroke from the point that something bad has happened just is like blah, and it's it's really think fast. Like I mean, difference between saving one of your drones and saving none of them is five seconds, maybe. Difference between saving all of your drones when something goes bad and uh, you know, ditching one drone, ooh, maybe three seconds, maybe two to three seconds. When things go bad, they go very bad. Um. And you've spent all of this time learning how to play the game. And then, oh my god! And as fast as you can think, and as fast as you can type, it is not fast enough. It's, I mean, you know, the game does not make you look like a jackass. The game doesn't just rape you. The game sits in the background for the most part. Like this flick, you're playing against a masterful fucking chess player who's giving you four moves to every one of its moves and sits out there in the shadows you can't even see it you can't even see his eyes and he just he waits there and he watches and he watches and then he moves like a piece of you have no idea four moves after you know you make four moves he moves a piece you know ah i'm just developing my pieces no it's not even towards his grand strategy he is just the universe and uh when he swoops in you will be punished but not punished in a vindictive way punished in this you 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 will lose pieces um so finally uh so Finally, these last two or three points about Duskers. By the way, I highly recommend Duskers. I think it's 20 bucks right now. It's one of the best games I have 
played in a long time. Um, I don't know where it fits into my pantheon of all time of games because it's such a unique game. Um, but I, I, I want to mention this too. Duskers, every one of your runs through Duskers, um, everything that you learn from every ship that you go to and the fact that you've gone to, the fact that you visited a ship translates from all of your doomed runs. So eventually, once you get really good at it, you will have been to enough ships that you can comb through your own logs of the stuff that you've captured, the, the, the great copywriting that go that has gone into the comms that you recover um from uh these derelict ships are intricate and and they're even intricate in their their uh meticulous um corruption like and and uh incompleteness you'll find yourself once you get really good at the game that opens this new thing where you get to benefit from the challenge the challenges imposed on you from attempting to complete objectives that I'm not going to tell you what the fuck, but they require like certain tools, certain ships, certain types of things, and then certain conditions that you have to bring about and blah, blah, blah. So these challenges and objectives, which you inherit from your doomed runs, um, all of which force you to use other tactics and and play styles and different mechanics that are entirely different from your your normal tool set that you've developed in your own head and have come to you know blah so it it influences your overall all of this influences ultimately your overall strategy not just your individual tactics for what are you going to do on this derelict but your overall strategy for how you're going to play the game the next run and that makes the game a forgetting just the pure the pure white knuckled fuck i can't believe i was this close to beating my last record Forgetting the stats-based approach, the fact that there are all of these objectives and stuff, you have to discover them and you have to discover bits of them and you have to piece them all together. Um, that'll have you combing over your logs. It'll make you, it'll make you a little crazy. You'll be combing over them, like, and actually rereading them and, what was the name of that system? Wait, wait a minute. This is that system. Oh my god, let's look at the log. Okay, so wait, well, fuck, which objective was, what was the name of that ship? Was it, was it, was it Osiris? What the fuck? And that will make, even once your run is doomed, that will keep you going for the next run. And finally, there are daily and weekly challenges. And, I would like to say that right now, yours truly is leading at, num- at position number one for this week's Weekly challenge. It only took me two and a half hours. Blah. I haven't done the daily one. But. Duskers, I heartily, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's a game unlike anything you've ever played. And it is very, very much worth uh, $20. That's the highest honor I can bestow upon any game. Uh, saying that it's worth its full price. So, Duskers... But bam, I loves you, baby. I'm still gonna work on trying to talk to to um, the developer. Blah. So that brings us to everyone's favorite. We'll have a very short. Oh, 
deal section this week, um, but we'll have a very short one. Uh, I guess sans music. So, first of all, in our deals, because we're running out of time, first off, in our deals, uh, we have Wasteland 2, one of my favorites. It's like Fallout uh, 2, but better, kind of. It's Fallout 2 without the sense of humor, um, but way longer and, and a lot bigger. Um, Wasteland 2, which never goes on sale, right now for the next uh, 25 hours-ish, it's being recorded at 6 o'clock in the morning, um, Wasteland 2 is 50% off at $19.99, so pick that up if you're a big sca- big fan of uh, demi-isometric, uh, two-dimensional sprite animated, um, turn-based role-playing games with squad-based combat. Uh, yes, okay. Then, we have Tarion uh, XK17. I think it's XK17, or it might be KX17. I can't remember. But T-E-R-R-I-A-N Tarion Saga something 17. It's a side-scrolling uh, shooter uh, a la 1990, a la Super Nintendo. Um, looks very good. I've owned it for a long time. I've never had time to play it. Uh, but right now, Here's your chance to make time to play it. Right now, through June 13th, uh, Tarion 17 is 90% off at $0.49. And then finally, uh, that brings us to our game that has our video of the week for this week. Uh, it is a, another game that doesn't seem to want to show up in Steam as being uh, Linux compatible, but it totally rolls under Linux. Seum, S-E-U-M, Speedrunners from Hell, baby. The one and only heavy metal, first person, uh, <laughs> competitive speedrunner styled like Quake 1, um, with global leaderboards. Well, right now, Seum Speedrunners from Hell, which is our video of the week, go check out our webpage, or look at the blurb for this week's episode, we'll have a link to it. Um, right now, through evidently Infinity, um, CM Speedrunners from Hell, you can play a free demo of it. Just click on the download now button on your Linux box from their store page. Um, they don't make it very obvious, but it's like right there. It says download now. Click on that, and then it'll appear in your library, and then you can play it. Um, and check out the video. I know that our video of the week has some weird sound issues. Uh, we're trying to add the mug box, like, officially, and get the bugs worked out of it. But anyway, so, uh, we, for our deals this week, we had Wasteland 2, 50% off, $19.99 for the next 25 hours-ish. Then we had the Tarian, T-E-R-R-I-A-N, X-K-17, something K-17, um, 90% off at 49 cents, now through June 13th. And then we had Seum. S-E-U-M Speedrunners from Hell, baby With an original heavy metal soundtrack Oh yeah, oh yeah, brother Oh yeah, you know Santa loves that WWE Snap it some gym So CM Speedrunners from Hell Free demo Our uh, feature of the week Was of course The review of Duskers And uh, Our new and noteworthy Hearts of Iron 4 Celestial Command uh, Legacy of the Elder Star and SteamWorld Heist. Cheers, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll see you. I'll see you next week, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you. <laughs>
Get it out of here. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.